It's a new year, 2020. May this be a time of excitement and renewal because God's blessed us and he set a whole new year in front of us and anything is possible. It's true because the scripture says nothing's impossible with God. It means that no miracle is off the table. Literally anything could happen this year and the Bible says that God will work out all things for our good. So have faith that his word is true and you'll see it. God will keep his promise to us. And around this time of year, there's a lot of Americans who look back. And there's too many, perhaps, who are looking back on tough times. Missed opportunities. Many even look back at moral struggles or what they think are failures. And they think, will I have another opportunity? And even if I do, I'll have the strength and courage to face it again, to try again. And will God even give me a second chance? And yes, He will. And I can say that from our scripture passage today. I find it in the Bible that God will give you that second chance and a third chance. And as much grace and forgiveness as you need. And no one's wandered too far away. No one's made too big a mess. There's no problem too big for God. So in our scripture reading today, I'd just like to give the context to start out. And what it was, was people getting ready for the Passover feast. And Jesus had just rode in through the gates of the city. It's on a young donkey. And the gospel writer John points out that he's fulfilling prophecy. Because he quotes it here. Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. And he's identifying himself as the Messiah. Because everyone knew the prophecy. How the Christ would come. So everyone should have been there. Particularly the leaders of the people, the clergy should have come there, not just come, but received him. And the politicians, the influential people, the famous ones, wealthy, educated, the powerful people, they should have been there to greet the king of kings as he rode through the gate of their city. But they weren't there to receive him. And instead we see only people of no reputation. And most of them probably were born poor, and that they were really working hard for a better life and to hand down a better way of life to their children. And it seems like the, the deck was stacked against them. They weren't making progress. But they believed that the coming Messiah would lift them up. So when they heard he was coming, they went running to greet him. And there were other people, I believe, that they might have been born into a good home. They might have had a lot of advantage, actually. But they seemed in life to make every wrong choice and to ignore the advice of elders. And some of, some of them even maybe burned every bridge. And do we have friends and relatives like that today? You try to help them, and it's just hard 
It's hard to bring them back to health and sanity the way they're going. But these are the kind of people who want a second chance. And they were willing to believe these stories they'd heard about Jesus. And some would say crazy stories, perhaps. or These stories are too good to be true, they might think. But these people want a second chance. They're willing to believe it, that God was willing to come and save the lost, just even those called sinners. And they heard stories that there was no end to his mercy. And they were just amazed and wondered, could stories like these actually be true? And yeah, not only is it true, but Jesus proved it. And the way he proved it was through miracles. Cheryl talked about miracles today. From the scriptures about Jesus healing the sick, giving sight to the blind, he multiplied food to feed the hungry. And recently, at this point in the gospel story, recently, he'd raised Lazarus from the dead. And one of the reasons that people are there was to see Jesus and Lazarus and the witnesses that Jesus did, in fact, raise him from the dead. So John 12, 17 the crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to bear witness. The reason why the crowd went to meet him was they heard that he had done this sign. So they went there and yet only a minority received him as a personal savior. There were different reasons people went. Some went for entertainment. They heard he'd done this miracle. Raising someone from the dead. He was, he was definitely dead. He'd been in the tomb for days. And people didn't have smartphones to stare at. There's no TV. What do you do for entertainment? What do you do for fun? That's why some were there. See this holy man. And, and others, they, they believed that Jesus was the Messiah, the Christ, the King. But they were, might have been surprised how he came. They might have expected, well, the Christ should come as a warrior, like, like King David on a mighty war horse. He should be clad in armor. But instead, they saw Jesus, meek and lowly. He's on a donkey's colt. They might have wondered, what's going on? Why isn't he appearing to us as a warrior, the kind with a sword and armor? And the reason was that Jesus wasn't conquering by force. He wouldn't force anyone to receive him. He wouldn't force anyone to believe. So many people believed he was a king, but they didn't make him their king. They didn't make him the ruler of their heart. They might have met him there at the, at the gates of the city, but they didn't open the gates of their heart and the scripture says that though, though he'd done many signs in front of their eyes, they didn't believe in him. In other words, they believed in God. They believed Jesus was from God. They believed he proved that with, with these miracles that he did. But they didn't receive him in their hearts as their Lord and Savior. And King David wrote long ago, Lift up your heads, O gates, 
And be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Psalm 24, 7. I'm reading from the ESV this morning, the same one, same translations as in the Pew Bible. But have you done that? Have you opened up the gate of your heart for the King? And saying, I, I receive you as Lord, that means I'm not Lord of my own life anymore. And if you do that, then the Bible starts to make sense. And if you don't do that, there's most of it that's hidden from you. So if we look at John 12, 37, though he had done so many signs before him, still they did not believe in him. So that the word spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Lord, who has believed what he heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? The arm of the Lord, in other words, the Lord's strength, but not just acknowledging that God's strong. Most people actually believe in God and actually believe he's omnipotent. But it's not just the acknowledgement of God's power when he when he says, to whom the arm of the Lord has been revealed. Have you seen the Lord working in your life? Because he has, and I can say that with confidence, because God works in absolutely everybody's life. He, God loves everyone. He wants them to come to faith and come to him. But he won't force you. But he does work in your life. And yet, not everyone sees it. If we go to verse 39, therefore they could not believe. For again Isaiah said, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts lest they should see with their eyes and understand with their heart and turn and I would heal them. So John is quoting this ancient prophecy from Isaiah where it, said, it says that God's blinded people. But you have to understand what it means. It doesn't mean that God picks some people that's going to be saved and others that won't. There's not people that are born blind and can never be saved. That's not what it means. In fact, it means the opposite. It's talking about free will. If you want to see, you can. If you don't want to see, you don't have to. And whatever decision you make, God will reinforce that. It's a principle known as sowing and reaping. For example, if we were to turn to Matthew 25, 29, and this is Jesus speaking, he says, for to everyone who has, more will be given and will have an abundance. But for the one that has not, even what he has will be taken away. So God created our world through speaking. He spoke laws, and that's why our world is orderly. It is physical laws, moral laws, spiritual laws. One of them is, a spirit, is the principle of sowing and reaping. So if I want corn, for example, I should plant a kernel of corn. And it can be hard work farming. You've got to break up the ground with a plow or rototill or something. I break up that ground. And if I want corn, I should plant numerous corn <laughs> kernels, right? And then water it and fertilize it. If weeds start to come in, pull up the weeds. Not the corn. You've got to be careful. Pull up the weeds and take care of it. And then for every kernel of corn that's blessed grows into a corn stalk with multiple ears of corn, many kernels of corn on each ear, so the multiplication is hundreds to one, I believe. 
But on the other hand, let's say I say that I want corn. And I do plant some corn. Don't bother to plow anything, just throw it on the ground. Birds probably come and eat most of it, right? And then some of it, despite itself, grows. And uh, I'm planting more seeds of weed, like dandelion seeds, whatever, than corn. And pluck up half of the corn stalks that come out and like work hard, harder than the first example of of farming that I mentioned, but I'm working against myself. And then harvest comes, there's no corn, I'm, I'm hungry, who do I blame? Do I blame God? And this is why our text today talks about spiritual blindness and a hard heart. A person's heart, you, me, everybody, our heart is like a farmer's field. And because of the fall of man, our hearts are hard, needs to be plowed up, needs to be broken up because God's word is like a seed. And if it's ever going to take root, that means that someone has to go in there and to break up the fallow ground. And if somebody says they want to be a farmer, but they're, they're in love with the wildflowers that are growing in the field or the weeds, and you don't want to plow that up, you're never going to have corn. It's just, it's just the way the world works. You've got to make a choice one way or the other. And if you just, especially in the Middle East where, where our story takes place, if there's hard ground, baked hard ground, if you don't plow it up and try to irrigate that and fertilize it and turn it into something, it's going to tend to become more and more hardened over time. And the same is true with people. If someone keeps pushing God away, pushing Him away, God will let him push him away. But usually what happens is a person's heart gets harder and harder. And yet, no one's ever too far gone for God. They, God can always go in there and save them. But it's got to be the person's choice though. And what, what a lot of people struggle with is giving over the lordship of our lives. If I make Jesus Christ my Lord, I'm not my own Lord anymore. If I let God in my heart, He's going to plow things up just the way it is. I think at some level everybody knows that. Life's going to change, right? <laughs> my selfish pride isn't going to last. It's not going to all go away immediately, but it's going to get churned up and things are going to change for what God believes is the better. It's going to be making me more and more into the image of Christ. So I'd like to close with an example of Jesus raising his voice, which he didn't do very often. If we look at the Gospels, we can see that Jesus' general demeanor was being soft-spoken. And one of the reasons for that is like the outcast. I mean, everybody's sinners, but you know, society doesn't, shouldn't do this, but you know, don't we pick on some people and call them sinners and really... They're worse than us, really, but that's the way it is. But the people, the really downtrodden people, tended to come to Jesus first, and he didn't give them a blast about their sin. Number one, they were repentant before they even took that first step towards him. But, but anyway, it was just his demeanor. John the Baptist, <laughs> it's a different story, but we all have our thing. Jesus usually soft-spoken, but you look in the Gospels, once in a while, he does raise his voice for different reasons. Here he's not angry at anyone. The situation is, 
that is in a large crowd, has an important message, and he wants to get it across, he wants everyone to hear, so he raises his voice. And you also have to remember, he has a limited time, we're getting near the end, they're going to be nailing him to a cross pretty soon, and before he leaves this world, there's a, there's a message he, he believes is important, he wants people to get. So, I think we should listen today. So, verse 44, Jesus cried and said, so he's lifting up his voice, right? He that believes on me, believes not on me, but on him that sent me. And he that sees me, sees him that sent me. I am come a light into the world, that whosoever believes on me, should not abide in darkness. So before somebody comes to Christ, what, what they've been choosing to do is to abide in darkness. They can't receive much. They, they might not often read the Bible or often hear it, but if they do, there's only so much they can receive. His eyes are blind. His heart's hardened. But if he'll come to Christ and surrender the, the lordship of his own life, saying, God, you take the reins now. Then the Bible becomes an open book. And it's great coming to church, hearing the word, hearing someone preach, teach the word. You can also read it for yourself. The Bible's an open book. And rivers of blessing will flow out of it. Is Jesus Christ your personal Savior? If so, then I'll speak to you. One of His names is the Word. What's that mean? Jesus is called the Word. It means He'll speak to you. And I'll tell you amazing things. Heavenly Father, maybe the, the beginning of this year be a time that you plant seeds of your word seeds of faith and Lord as the weeks and months go by may we see growth of your crop thing, things that you've planted and may we be encouraged may there be fruit in our lives abundance of fruit enough to share and may everything bring you glory in Jesus name Amen